Merry Christmas. Now it is appropriate to say, this morning I was hesitant to say it, uh, except for those that I was relatively certain I wouldn't be seeing uh, today or tomorrow, but it is finally Christmas. I do have to admit, though, I don't feel quite prepared. And maybe it's because we had a shorter Advent season, maybe it's because of a few other things, but that's okay. Perhaps like Scrooge, uh, we might acknowledge that Christmas came anyway, despite everything. As we gather this, this evening, we have these prayers, or these readings, and uh, sharing before, as uh, so often the case, I get asked, well, why did you use these readings? Well, the church gives us four sets of readings. I have four masses, uh, the, the, and the church has said, with the, especially with the Christmas masses for uh, midnight mass and uh, mass at dawn and, and mass of the day, that they may, a priest may say three masses at Christmas, provided that he uses the proper readings. So what's good for Christmas is good for Christmas Eve. But the other reason is, even though these uh, names become tongue twisters, perhaps, I just thank God I have a deacon to, to uh, read them, but there's something we have to remember about these names, despite their difficulty, and their, uh, we don't see too many people named Hezekiah or Manasseh or Uzziah or anything like this, but they were real people who existed and lived in a real time, in a real place. They were real, and they expected a Messiah. Each one in their own way was preparing for a Messiah. And as we hear this list, we see good people, those who were faithful, those who waited with longing hearts, and we see some not-so-good people, yet all longing, all hoping. See, it's only Judaism and Christianity that can make the radical claim that our God, the God we worship, is real. That he entered time. It's not a myth. It's not a mythology that we follow. It is a truth. The God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth, and Adam and Eve, and we know about the sin, the apple, and the serpent, and all those things. But God promising a Savior. See, what I can't get my head around is God created us as humans all the same, knowing that we were going to sin, knowing that we were going to break communion with him, knowing that we were going to fail. He created us all the same. And because of this, we have something better. We have great hope because he promises salvation. The salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. And tonight, though we don't hear of his birth in, in this particular passage, which is okay, we hear of how God had prepared, not only through all these people, all these names, but even calling St. Joseph. St. Joseph, who was a righteous man, who was betrothed to the Blessed Mother, who, according to tradition, had made a promise of chastity of celibacy himself as he took the blessed mother of knowing that they were going to live in chastity as only two saints could do, perhaps. And hearing this story that she was, had conceived and bore a son and the angel appearing to him in a dream telling him not to be afraid to continue as he had planned because this is of God. 
the last piece, perhaps, to fall into place. That Jesus is to be born. He is to be raised in the house of Joseph, of being raised, claimed to be a son in the line of David, that he may receive the throne of David his father, all things finally into place. Of course, we also remember, and although we will celebrate that in two weeks, the Feast of the Epiphany, how God even created a star to shine special. And the wise men finding that star and following. And how God had placed in the fields shepherds who kept watch that night. All these things. The hope that the people had. I find myself wondering, did they understand? Did the people of Bethlehem understand what was about to happen in their little town? Did they understand that in the simplicity of that little town, God himself was to be born? God, who had taken flesh some nine months before, now given birth. Did they understand? Or were they wrapped up in their own lives? or in their own realities, their own things. And so often we might hear of the innkeeper who had no room that night. Now, whether that's true or not, we simply don't know. It's a small town. Most likely, they did not have an inn. And the word that is translated as inn is equally a guest room in a house. As everyone had to go back to their home, to their hometown, to be registered, little old Bethlehem, was filled to the gill. And so the, the Holy Family was relegated to the stable. Everyone living their own lives, wondering. And I find myself, too, of thinking about different times throughout history, that especially in Christmas, the, the temporary truce in 1917, as during World War one, when both Germans and American troops laid down their arms, crossed the lines, celebrated Christmas together, saying Silent Night, each in their native language. Or 1863, during the height of the Civil War, after the most bloody battle that this United States has ever seen, Gettysburg, of the cruelty of man upon man, the cruelty of defending a horrible regime of slavery, a cruelty that the world began to grapple with. There's a particular song, it's one of my favorite songs, and it's based on a poem, and it's by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, a poem that he wrote in 1863 on Christmas Day. His wife had been killed in a terrible fire just two years before. His young son, despite his uh, druthers that he not joined, had just joined the Union Army in March. And in a particular battle in November, was critically wounded. For he survived, but was injured to the point that he was in need of constant care. Longfellow looked at all of this, looked at the war, looked at the conflicts, looked at all the things and asked himself, why? 
And he wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and mild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, swinging on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant, a sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the houses born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pilled the bells more loud and deep. God not, is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. He understood that the promise of the Messiah was a promise that was still being fulfilled, that despite the war, despite the famine, despite uh, everything, everything that our world has experienced, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that death will not win, sin will not win, war will not win, Satan will not win. There is peace on earth, sometimes hidden, peace on earth, but hidden in the hearts of those who believe, revealed in the lives of those who wish to celebrate Christmas well. Our world needs this peace. We know we see wars in two fronts this year, as opposed to only one last year in Ukraine and the Gaza. We know there's conflicts, tensions. We see our world seeming to line up for another great war. Let it not be so, we might pray, because the King of Peace has entered this world it is a failure to live this peace. And every time we gather on Sundays, and except during Advent and Lent, we sing that song, the Gloria, that repeats time and again of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Maybe that's why I love this song. I heard, heard the bells on Christmas Day so much. Because it reminds us every time we hear the bells, we hear the sweetness of Jesus Christ proclaimed and know that it is a promise that is yet to be fully enacted. It is Christmas. It is a great day to, to rejoice. But Christmas is nothing if we do not live this gift of peace, if we do not accept this gift of peace, if we simply just remember the quaintness, remember the baby born. That's all fine and good. But Christmas is something more. Christmas is a promise that God would be with us. Christmas is the promise that he will save us. Christmas is a promise that we have nothing to fear because God is with us. A God who is true, who is real, who really entered this world in a real place at a real time 
and he's willing to be in our hearts if we invite him.